Thank you, men. The book of 2 Timothy tonight, 2 Timothy chapter number 2, 2 Timothy chapter number 2. I'm going to read the first three verses of the chapter tonight for our text, and then there's a uh, part of this passage that I want to focus in on tonight, and uh, I think it'll be a help to us and encourage us and hopefully challenge us uh, to be faithful. And so I want you to give me uh, your attention, and uh, I'm going to be very personal tonight, which I do not like to do, uh, but um, you'll bear with me this evening and because I think it'll be a help uh, to us. And when I say I'll be personal, I'm going to give some personal testimony. And uh, I don't like to be uh, uh, very personal because this makes me a little bit vulnerable when you come to see me and say, hey, pastor, this is what's been going on in my life, and uh, I, w- I want to let you know, and I want to talk to you about it, it's me and you. Well, see, when it's me and you, it's me and you. And uh, so uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll be personal tonight and share some things that, that God has been doing in my life and some things that uh, I've dealt with and some conclusions I have come to. And uh, so don't judge me too harshly tonight. Um, and so, but I think uh, you'll get the point. And I think it'll be a help to all of us. Um, And again, it comes back to the reality that um, we're all in this together. Uh, We all have the same problems. We all have the same difficulties. That's the wonderful thing about the church is we're all here to help each other, encourage each other, pray for each other. And two, it reminds us that if we, we read about, we read of Timothy and the things that Timothy had to deal with, you and I have to deal with. And uh, the same things that would help Timothy help us. And so give me your attention tonight, verses 1 through 3 of 2 Timothy chapter 2. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Uh, You can be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I've preached from this passage many times before, and this is a very important passage of Scripture in the Christian life, uh, in the church. Uh, And we see uh, verse 2 is really a verse that uh, uh, we use many times as a a, uh, verse we need to pay attention to. Paul writes to his son, the faith Timothy, the things that have been committed to me and the things that I've committed to you. You be faithful and in turn commit that to faithful men. This is important in general. But two chapters later, Paul is telling him, my life is coming to an end. I'm ready to be all for the time of my departure is at hand. I'm going to be executed. So these are not just trite words to him. Timothy, if you don't take these things, and if you do not pass them on to another faithful man, they will be lost. Aren't you thankful for the faithfulness of Timothy? And others who were taught, aren't you thankful for those who received and were faithful to teach you and I? What, it, it's a challenge to us. That's a goal. Just as I've challenged us in, in, in recent days to fulfill the Great Commission one time, in doing so, we're fulfilling verse number two, passing it on to some, we're being faithful. We're going to pass that on to somebody else. If we look at verse number three, and that's going to be the message tonight. We'll never have verse 2 if we don't pay attention to verse 3. We'll never pass on 
from one man to another, from one generation to another, if we don't pay close attention to verse number 3. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I want us to look at those two words, <clears throat> endure hardness. We're going to focus on those tonight. I think this message will be a help to us. Father, help us as we consider the truths found in your word. Be with your church tonight. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Certainly, Paul is challenging Timothy to be strong, be faithful, to commit these truths to other faithful men. As I've already mentioned, the key to verse number two is found in verse number three. We can have all sincerity to train our children to train another generation as a church, be faithful so that those children that are in the nursery or those little children that sit by mom and dad tonight, that next generation, we can faithfully teach them and urge them to faithfully receive. But if we're not willing to endure hardness, then the sincerity of wanting to do that is not going to take place. The challenge of fulfilling that is going to fall short if we're not we don't understand that there's hardness that we must endure. Now, tonight, I'm going to talk about part of the Christian life that sometimes gets overlooked. And we, 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 I want to talk about the grace of God. I want to preach on the grace of God. I want, to, I want to talk about those things. But sometimes in life, there's some hardness we must endure. Tonight, I'm not talking about those, those life events that are the knockout punch. That when you're lying on the mat, you just have a choice. Do I get up or not? That's really, while it might be a hard situation, it's really not a hard decision. Do I lay here and just be defeated or do I get back up? But tonight we're talking about that hardness that we must endure. There's a period of time. There's a, there's a, there's a longevity that must be achieved and it's enduring that hardness. We define that word hardness as that word gets my attention in this passage of Scripture as hardship. Severe labor, trials, or suffering. So what he is saying, there's going to be some hardship, Timothy. There's going to be some severe labor, some severe trials, some severe sufferings that you must endure. I've taught on this word endure before. It means to bear or to sustain to support without breaking or yielding. So what Paul is saying, Timothy, when the hardship comes, you must sustain. You must support without breaking. Timothy, when the trials come, you can't yield to that hardship, to those trials. That force, that pressure means to endure, the word is defined as I've just defined it, but it also means, as it's written here, with patience. Meaning you're going to have to, to support, you're going to have the mindset of not yielding to trials, to difficulty, to persecutions, and you're going to have to do that with patience. It means it's going to take some time. It's not going to be here and gone. You must endure. 
Immediately when we think of that word endure, we, we, we could, if we wouldn't word it like that, we know that it's something that we, some of you are enduring this message tonight. You just, I just got to get through it. But he says you're going to have to endure those trials, that labor, those sufferings. You're going to have to bear it with patience. Everyone has hardships. It wasn't just Timothy. What was Timothy's problem that he's going to have to tell him to endure hardness? They're a way of life. This is where I'd like for you to permit me to be personal. Can I be human to, with you for just a few moments? Over the last few months, I've come to some personal conclusions. You know, I've, I've asked myself the question, why am I so weary in body? Why am I so weary in mind? And some of you might say an obvious thing is you're about to turn 50, Pastor. That's what happens. It's not that, I promise you. I, I know myself fairly well. And I'm, I'm busy. I, I carry a lot. I do a lot. And so I thought, well, it's just, it's just that. And I, if, I just take, if I just do the normal things I do when I get to feel this way, then I'll bounce back. I'll be ready to go. I would do those normal things that I would do, and I never bounce back as high as I used to would bounce. And I would get a little frustrated with myself, and I would struggle a little bit more than I usually would. And why do I feel this way? Why am I weary? Why am I not feeling the way that I have always felt. There's one day, it's like the small voice of the Holy Spirit. Don't you like it when God comes in and says, let me help you with something? As if he seemed to say, you know, the advice that you give out, sometimes you got to live it yourself. In that still small voice of the Holy Spirit seemed to say, you know, the last three years of your life have been kind of difficult. I'm the kind that, you know, you skin your knee, rub some dirt on it, get up and go. Don't use excuses. Get up, do it. Everybody's having a tough time. Don't pout. You know, let's just, let's just, get, just get on and do what we have to do. See, I... My initial response, isn't it one of those things when the Holy Spirit talks to you, you have to talk back to him? By your response, I know I'm not the only one. You know, you've had a pretty difficult time. You're not as strong. I say that not for you to feel sorry for me. It's as if you were saying you're not as strong as you think you are. Because there's hardness in life. My response was, nah. That's not what it is. I didn't say this out loud, but you know how your mind begins to rationalize and discern different things. It's like, God, I know what it's like to take a knockout shot. I know what it's like to face those things in life that, that you wonder if you'll survive from. But then the Lord began to bring back to my mind the last three years. Three years ago, next month, is when my wife was diagnosed with two types of cancer. She's going to get upset at me because I'm going to be talking about her a little bit. 
You know, there's a lot of, some of you have faced that. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of fear. Then the surgery came. Then the chemotherapy. Do you do it? Do you not do it? The radiation that followed after that. Overall, it was about an eight-month process in that year where life gets put on hold. There's other difficulties that come with that. Her post-cancer medication that she's got to be on for a few more years, that takes its toll on her. I asked her one day, I was like, well, she's like, it's the side effects of this medicine. I said, well, what does it say the side effects are? It makes your bones hurt. I was like, I don't even want to think about that. But, you know, it, some things, you know, in that time, I was involved in a lawsuit that I've never said anything about. It came about because of my stand for principle, my stand for right, my stand for this church. I knew how it would end up, and so I bore that privately and personally. Well, there's always constant personal attacks from the outside. Our conference every year, all of our speakers get contacted. Pastor, why does that happen? Nobody likes to, people don't like the truth. Um, I was with... I'll never forget, I was with, I won't tell you everything that went on. I was actually with Brother Chitty out in New Mexico when he got the call one year. And needless to say, he was upset. Somebody's life may or may not have been threatened in that situation. It wasn't mine. It wasn't his. I'm just going to tell you. But, you know, you, you dismiss those things, and it's like, oh, a bunch of foolishness, a bunch of idiots, a bunch of pettiness in the grand scheme of things what does it even matter what do they do to the lord but it's almost as if if you use a boxing analogy you take body blow after body blow after body blow eventually it begins to stack up you know there's been compromise and change of people you love you know there's the continual weight and grind if you will of pastoring not everybody does right. Not everybody does the right thing. And when you love people, it, it weighs on you. There's sleepless nights. There's all of those things because the first thing you think of, and again, if you want to hold this against me, you can, and I, I'm, I'm sure this will be chopped up later once it's posted on uh, uh, our website and YouTube, but... You know, when things like that happen, the first thing you question is yourself. Because you know how inadequate you are to fulfill the position that God has placed you in. You know your shortcomings. You know your failures. You know your humanity. You, 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 it's easy to look back and say, well, it's, and honestly, it's always the pastor's fault. You know, if the pastor gets credit for some good things and the pastor gets, gets, gets the criticism for everything, it's just the way it is. It's the inadequacy, that weighs on you. I'm not saying it should, but it does. With our building program, the obstacles and 
the things there and the things that we're trying to do with that, trying to balance that whole ordeal. That's a whole other weight. Then my, my mom's sudden death. Processing that. You know, I'm not sad for her. I wasn't ready for her to go. You know, we, we love our mothers, and I'm not the only one in here who's lost a parent and lost their mother. But outside of my wife and kids, I don't know if there's anybody I'm more, more close to than my own mother. Processing all of that. Then caring for my dad, which I don't consider that a burden. It's one of those things you have to take your attention from everything else you're doing and put it where you have to put it during that time. At the same time, you still have all the other responsibilities. Can anybody sympathize with this tonight and identify with this tonight? Now all of a sudden, I've got to get a place for him to live with us. Lord worked out a house for him. He's got his own place and us, but now all of a sudden he, he, he worked that out, and now I have three houses. And then getting moved and all that, you say, well, and I'm thankful that so many people helped me with that, but all I'm saying is these are just extra things on top of everything else. Then as I've watched my dad grieve and try to help him during this time, and just... A personal confession because everything was so busy. I really didn't take time to grieve for my own mother for months. The Lord continued to help me process personal betrayal by people I've cared for and helped. For them to disparage your integrity. And slander your character. That's hard to shake off. That'll disturb your sleep. When by own, their own testimony, the good things in their life, they give you human credit for. Then to have those same people slander and betray you, that's a wound that's slow to heal. And can I, can I just say, since I'm being personal, you know, all of us, when, when people leave truth, all of us have to make decisions about Relationships and friendships. Well, Pastor, they're, they're my friend. Can, since I'm being transparent, and I'm going to, it's not going to be all about me tonight, but you know, your pastors had to give up friendships too. He's had to unfollow people on social media also because of their, their lifestyle. No, because of their adversarial stand against you. There are preachers I've taken a stand against who have been my closest friends because of you. Because of their adversarial position 
because of their non-committal position on you in this church. So if you'll permit me to be human tonight, they're my fr- the pastor has had to do it too. The pastor's given up friendships. The pastor has given up. There's places I'll never preach. There's places that I'll never go because I gave up relationships for this church, for you, for your children, for your teenagers that sit over there, for your kids that are in that nursery, for those babies that are not even born yet. I gave them up, say, well, I'm just not right. Well, the pastor should live at a higher level. It just means... I have a a more of a loyalty to you in this church than you have for your pastor. When you're unwilling to make those same breaks. And by the way, if they disparage your pastor, they've disparaged your church. Choose. I've taken criticism for the Amanda Ranch. That's okay. I know what God's put in my heart. I know what God's going to do. I've tried to extend the ministry of many older preachers, but an older faithful preacher. And I've been attacked and vilified for doing so. And I'll just say by the very people who should be doing what I'm doing, I know it sounds like I'm whining. I'm not going to lie, it feels kind of good. <laughs> no, if you know me, this is not me. But I'm making a point tonight. There's a reason Paul writes to Timothy to endure, to continue with patience. Nothing I've described is anything that you have not been through that we will not go through again life wears you down Timothy if you want to take what I've taught you and teach it to others you're going to have to endure hardness you're going to have to not buckle under the pressure of it those, those, those trials and those tribulations and, and those sufferings and those persecutions, that pressure that just comes. And friend, a lot of times we make poor decisions just because the pressure gets so great that I've got to relieve the pressure. Paul says, you're going to have to endure with patience. If you're going to be faithful... When you get knocked down, you're going to have to get back up. You're going to have to play hurt. You're going to have to play the man, man your post. And I shared those things with you tonight, not for you to feel sorry for me, but just to show some humanity and some transparency. I feel like I've, I've done a fair job, not a perfect job, of just do, say, hey, let's put the focus on the Lord. Let's move forward. It's not about me. It's not about you. Let's do what we're supposed to do. But the reality is, if, if I go through things like that, and I try and get myself up, and I find it harder and harder and harder to do, 
then I've got to focus on this and say, what am I supposed to do? If I can't get rid of it, if I can't overcome it, this is, this is a wound that I have in my life. I wish that would go away. I can't make it go away. I can't make it heal any faster. Well, what in the world am I supposed to do, God? Just endure. Just don't quit. Just keep going. I may not be able to. I may, that, that burden may, be, may be, 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 be beating me up on this day, but I still have got to just make it. I've got to get through it. I've got to endure it because that's what a good soldier of Jesus Christ does. Paul would also write in chapter 3, verses 10 through 12 of his manner of living, which included his persecutions and how he responded to them, which included his afflictions, how he responded to them. Paul knew that if Timothy was going to get to the same place he was in chapter 4, where, where Paul says, I'm ready to be offered, the time of departure is at hand, I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. If Timothy is going to get to that place when he knows his days are done and he'd be able to testify, hey, I finished, I've kept the faith. Timothy, if you're going to get there, you're going to have to endure hardness. It will pass, but until it does, you are going to have to endure that. He would have to endure to bear the afflictions, to bear the persecutions, to bear the hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The secret, and if you look around the room tonight, there's a lot of Christians who've been serving the Lord a long time. There's a lot of you that have been members of this church a long time. One of the secrets to how you've gotten here is there's been periods of your life when you've just endured. We don't have to always look pretty. We just got to live another day. We've got to survive another day. Well, let me very quickly and very practically just mention four things that has to do with enduring as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And hopefully this is a help to us tonight. So no matter what you're going through, I I believe the Bible, especially in the book of Ecclesiastes, talks about seasons of life. There's ages and there's seasons. But then there's seasons of blessing. Then there's seasons of difficulty. There's seasons of trials. Well, these are real things. You know, we, and and, and I, I believe in that. So in those seasons of hardship, what do you do? You endure. You, you, you persevere. Let me give you four practical things tonight that I think we can apply to our life as we read in verse number three. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Why do we endure hardness? Number one, because we are soldier. This is a spiritual battle. Spiritual warfare is real. The same man who's writing to Timothy wrote to the 
Christians at Galatia, wrote to the churches at Ephesus, wrote uh, to, to, we've been in the Corinthians on, on Sunday morning, and writes of the spiritual warfare, writes of the, the armor that we must put on, and the fact that we are in a battle, and we have an enemy, an adversary that wants to destroy us. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your children. He wants to destroy your home. He wants to destroy this church. He is a very real adversary. We are in a spirit we are in a spiritual war. Friend, you and I are soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I just don't want to be in the battle. What are we doing then? I think of I think of my my great uncle, Uncle James, many of you knew. And he 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 served in World War II and in Korea, and I think when the day he died, he still thought he was serving somewhere. And I remember when, when all the different conflicts we had and him making several com- uh, uh, comments, well, I'm ready to go back. You know, it's like, you know, I think we're past that. But the mentality never changed. It's because it's what he was. You know, you know, brother Chitty very well, and, and we know his story of that. He's a war hero from Vietnam, and he's told a lot of stories of, of the things, and a lot of them have become unclassified in recent years. And, and some of you have heard him share some of those stories, and he shared some with me that I don't, he hasn't shared with all of you, and I don't want him to share many more with me. We were out on a family vacation out there a couple of years, uh, last summer, summer before, time runs together for me, and we were all out there, and I listened to Colin, we're out there, and Colin wanted to shoot his rifle. And we're out there shooting, then, you know, Brother Chetty wants to, well, here, let me, and I'm telling you, he holds the gun different than anybody, and he's 70-something. I'm not saying he doesn't hold it right, but it fit. After all these years, it rests in those hands. The hands of a man who know how to use a weapon. And a man who can still hit the target. Some of the men who've been out there working, and some of the young men, and I remember not working his house, and he's messing with them. And I'm like, man, those hands are still fast. That's what, he, that's what he's always been. Why are some of you that are been at this a long time, why are you still here? It's what you are. It's what you are. You've endured hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And by the way, there's a movement, and it's a sad movement in our nation. It's a sad movement in our churches to get the older people out of the way. No, I want the older people to stay. Somebody's got to pay the bills around here. No, I want them to stay. You know what? Because, well, they still got value. They're still serving the Lord. They know how to pray through difficult times. They know how to endure hardness. And some of you young couples and some of you young men and young ladies would do well not to dismiss them, but realize they had to live through some things to get that gray hair. They had to live through some things uh, to be where they are in life, and they've endured. There's not enough emphasis, I believe, 
in the Christian life of just enduring. One of the things that we have to stay away from is we want every day to be, be a, a, a victory, a mountaintop. Nothing wrong with wanting that. But you better temper that with the reality is that they're not. I've gotten away from being because we're a soldier. Number one, thou, we endure hardness because we are a soldier. We are in a battle. Number two, we endure hardness because enduring hardness is required to be a good soldier. There are soldiers and there are good soldiers. I've heard Brother Chitty make, I don't want to incriminate him with anything. I've heard him make so many comments through the years. It's like, yeah, all the cowards, they ended up getting shot. And I've never asked him to comment on what he meant by that. There's soldiers and there's good soldiers. You can put on the uniform, but can you endure boot camp? Can you endure hardships? Can you endure the pressure of life? The pressure of the Christian life? The pressure of what life brings you and the, the, the personal things that you have to go through and the things that you didn't know God was going to allow to come your way because enduring hard, hardness is required to be a good soldier. Friend, I don't want to just be in the Lord's army. I would hope that God would have some consideration that I was a good soldier. You, you know what a good soldier is? One who lives through the battle. Uh, I'm not saying those that perish in war. Don't, don't make that out. We just we serve. We, we don't quit. That's a better way, better way to say it. We don't, we don't give up. Number three. Notice, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Number three, because we are, we are a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse four tells us that we shouldn't get entangled with the affairs of this life, that that we, he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. I've never served in the military, but I can make an assumption that's a good thing for a soldier to want to please their commanding officer. Please the one they're fighting for. Friend, you and I are not fighting for a president. We're not fighting for an earthly king. We serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the motivation. Without, without even real, if you'll permit me, without even realizing it, as, as we go through all of these things, there have been times through these last several years where it's been a mental, I've just said in passing to myself, well, the, the Lord endured much more than this. He endured more than this for me. He endured more than this for the church. It, we, we press on why? Because Him, He's our motivation. I want to do well for my family. I want to do well for you. I want to do well for the naysayers. I want to do well for those that have gone on to glory. But more than anything else, our motivation to endure hardness is the Lord Jesus Christ Christ. 
I'll not quit on him. I'll not turn aside. If it costs me everything, I'm willing to give it. If I give my own life, I'm willing to give it. Well, pastor, how do you do that? He says it's the grace of the Lord Jesus in verse number one. That's the only way it can be done, by his grace. May we endure hardness. Why? Because he's the motivation. How, you know I like history. You know I read a lot of history. How much shame would a deserter bear in the late 1700s in the presence of General George Washington? How much shame would a soldier bear, a deserter bear in the presence of a General Patton? Or what are these highly decorated, wounded heroes? Well, I don't, I don't have those scars, but they endured. He's our motivation. Number, the point is, how, how embarrassed, how ashamed are we to be because we don't endure the hardness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he... You know, one day we're going to see those wounds in his hands that he bore for us. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that I haven't really worked out yet in my mind and tried to settle on what I think God is teaching, but a thought I've had is on that road... To Emmaus, why didn't they recognize him? Was he still scarred? It's a thought. The point I'm making is he bore wounds for us. Whatever he asks of us is certainly not inappropriate. Number four, because failure to do so has grave consequences for others. Why do we endure? Because others need us to. I'll, I'll share some things. I'm looking forward to two weeks from Brother Cheney's here. I'll, I'll, I'll be sharing some things with our staff. I'm going to be sharing some things with you as a church. That's some conclusions I've come to in recent days. But I'll say this much now. I believe the greatest days of our church very well may be after I'm gone. You say, Pastor, why would you say that? Because I'm just telling you the role that I believe God has for me to play is to be a bridge, is to endure hardness. God made it very clear to me as a young man when, when some are trying to figure out what, their, what the next car is going to be. My wife and I were bearing a child at 26 years of age. 
God has convinced me that much of my ministry is just going to be enduring for the cause of Christ. doesn't mean we don't have blessings. doesn't mean we don't have victories. I could stand here today with all the enduring the last three years and testify of all the good things that God has done, all the miracles God has done. I'm not, I'm not bringing attention away from that. All I'm saying is we must endure because there are others coming behind us that the consequences, I cannot quit. Why? Because there's somebody counting on me. There's somebody depending on me. And if it's true of the pastor, it's still true of you as well. So well, if the pastor quits, it's going to discourage a lot of people, you think? But I can tell you this, there's been pastors quit because of, uh, pastors discouraged because of the quitting of the people. We have to endure. Because failure to do so has grave consequences for others. Can you imagine if Timothy had said, I don't want to endure? How many people would have suffered and paid the price? So here's here's the conclusion. Just keep fighting. Say, well, I, I, I can't even... Well, just shoot in the direction of the devil. Don't die. Just keep going. And I want to make two statements that these aren't illiterate. They're just thrown in here at the end. I want to say they need to be said. Enduring is a win. Battles in history were won because one side lasted longer than the other. Enduring is a win. So endure. And I want to encourage you tonight. You've endured. That's a win. Well, Pastor, I felt this way. And Pastor, I was discouraged. And Pastor, I was depressed. And Pastor, there was a time when, when I know my heart was away from God. And I, and I know that my, my mind wasn't right. And I, I know I participated in some things I shouldn't have. And I, I know all of that. But you've endured. You're still here. You haven't given up. You haven't thrown in the towel. That is a win. And then don't underestimate endurance. I think sometimes we need to change our goals. I know as a preacher, as a pastor, I have. And you think I'm ambitious now, you should have talked to me my first 10 years of ministry. By 50, the world was going to be one to Jesus Christ. But I've had to change some of those unrealistic expectations to, you know, if I just, and I didn't understand, I had a, I had a, I had a, teach, I had a, had a, had a professor in Bible college, and I understood it, and I didn't understand it. He was a little different in a good way, and he's just different. But he made a comment, I'll never forget it. I, I, was, I think it was a sophomore in, in Bible college. He made a comment one day, something to the effect of, some of you think you're going to win the world to Christ by the time you're 50, something like that. And he said, it won't take you long to just think, I've got to survive this thing. To make it to 50. What was he saying? A a man who had been down the road further 
He wasn't saying that you didn't have what it took. He wasn't saying God hasn't called you. He wasn't saying God hasn't equipped you. He was just saying you're going to have to endure some things that some people just don't want to endure. You're going to have to endure some things that some people aren't going to bear with patience. When is this going to be over? When am I not going to feel this way? When is this wound going to heal? When are we going to have a breakthrough and a victory? Sometimes you've just got to endure hardness. Don't underestimate. That is a victory. If you've got things in your life, we we, we look for the wind-up and the knockout. Those of you that are boxing fans, well, you see these boxers and boy, they those big, the one punch knockout. Well, they, those heavyweight champions that they got there because they're just knocking it. That one, they're just knocking everybody out. But then there's been some champions who knocked a lot of people out. But it wasn't the one-punch knockout. It was just the blow after blow after blow after blow. After eight, nine, ten rounds, their opponent said, I can't take anymore. You know what that's marked as in the record books? A knockout. Friend, there's been a lot of Christians that have been knocked out by that one punch by the devil. They refused to get back up. They were knocked out by that one, that one punch, some of the things that life can bring you. But I would submit to you tonight, there's a lot of Christians that have been knocked out because of blow after blow after blow after blow. Say, Pastor, what should I do? Endure. 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 But it's not comfortable. Endure. Why? Because that's what a good soldier of Jesus Christ will do. And Paul, who had some wisdom and had some experience about him, said, Timothy, you you know the things I've been through. What Paul was saying is there's no magic in the Apostle Paul There's nothing greater about me than you. There's nothing I have that you don't have. It's the same grace that has enabled me in my life will enable you in your life to just endure. Well, this is something that the Lord has... I've known this, I've preached on this, but the Lord in recent days has said to me, you can endure... But you know what, it helped me understand not just myself, but more understand the Christian life. Well, there's periods that we just endure some things. It doesn't mean God's not good. It doesn't mean we don't ever win around. It doesn't mean we don't experience blessings. It doesn't mean we're all going to have our head cut off like the Apostle Paul did. But what it does mean, if we're going to take and be faithful and take that which has been entrusted to us, And if we're going to turn and entrust it to someone else, we're going to have to endure to do that. Tonight, will you endure long enough for those that come behind you? 
Those of you that I've already referenced, you're, you're up in years. You've endured. My challenge to you tonight is to endure a little longer. Continue to be faithful. Continue to set the example. And those that are coming up in your generations in the church, you're of that younger age, no matter where you fall into that, the only way you're going to get to that place is if you have to endure. Marriages survive because of endurance. Churches survive because they endure. They don't give in to that pressure. Well, let's apply this tonight. As however the Lord applies it to your heart. Maybe tonight I'm just preaching to myself. Maybe I needed to hear this tonight. But something tells me somebody else needed to hear this tonight. May we endure hardness. Father, I pray that.